Today's episode is brought to you by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better, informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are having a very special guest. Danielle Byer Jackson is a friendship coach, and she so graciously, so kindly decided that she wanted to be on our podcast, which I'm like <laughs> so Literally amazing. I heard her on another podcast, and I was like, okay, this is like a shot in the dark, but like, can we please have please? you? Please. Yeah. So, yeah, we're so excited. This conversation was honestly one of the most influential conversations I think of like my 2020 I just learned a lot I was feeling really stuck in relationships and like didn't really know where to go or what to do next and she just had some amazing advice and like she's poured her life into this and I am just so like thankful and like honored that she would even be on this podcast (laughs) because she really she really is like doing a good work for women and she's just seriously amazing yeah this definitely was such an affirming conversation for me I think because I know I've talked about this briefly before but just this season of life after graduation like things just look so different and friendships do change and that's definitely not necessarily a bad thing like um but it's hard to navigate those changes and so we had some really good conversations with her about just being friends with people in different seasons of life or being friends with people across periods of time as dynamics change and things like that. Um, And it was really helpful for me to hear her advice and to hear someone who also has, you know, more perspective on on these things than we do. So we hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, If you want to check her out on social media, which you definitely should, um, we will link her Instagram in the show notes it's just danielle byer jackson um and she also she'll talk about her other initiative on here friend forward um which you should also follow they do it's an app they do all these cool like events and have they talk about friendship and um their instagram has a lot of different just like i don't know fun things and really good advice on friendship um and it's all like basically centers around female friendship which we love so yeah here we go Hello, guys. We are here with Danielle Byard Jackson. She is a friendship coach, which is something that I had never heard of until really recently. But I know, like, Emma and I talk about friendship a ton on the podcast, and it's something that, like, you don't outgrow. Like, there's, you're always, like, you always have friends, always, like, friendship issues, unfortunately, no matter how old you get. Um, so we're just going to chat with her about all things friendship today. Yeah, I'm so excited and welcome to Hey Sis. We are so excited to have you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, just like what you do. I know you have a book, um, all the things that you're doing. 
Sure. Yeah. So my little tagline, I, I say when I introduce myself, because I got a lot of things going on, but I say I am a publicist by day and a friendship coach by night. So I do run a public relations agency during the day and I get to work with women and we get to help them tell their stories on TV and magazines and all those cool things. But um, I also um, help women with their biggest friendship issues um, when I clock out. And so um, my background is I was actually a high school English teacher and I noticed that that students were always having issues. And, you know, we adults, we sometimes roll our eyes like, mm teenagers, you know? And so when I got into public relations, I noticed that even these top level, um, you know, high corporate business owning women were struggling with their friendships as well. But perhaps at that level, it just looks a little different. So maybe they're so career driven and so focused that they haven't made time for friends. So now their issue is perhaps, you know, loneliness and feeling isolated. Or, you know, at, at one age, you start to have people get married and have babies and you feel like, oh gosh, I, we were so yep. close in college. But now yeah. I, I, can't, I can't relate. And so I thought, oh, okay, this is something that at every stage we could use a little guidance in because if you think about it, nobody ever taught you how to be a friend. I think we assume it's just like a natural thing. And a lot of times, you know, women were so uh, communal and we talk and we gather. So it's like, oh, it should be easy. Like go talk to each other, but it's really, it can be really complicated. And so I kind of went down the rabbit hole of doing all the research and, and, um, spent a year doing research and put together a book that's called Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendship. And it talks about how to have a hard conversation with female friends, because there's a lot of reasons why we don't do that. And we'll get into that later. But um, that's kind of where I've been now. And it's and it's something I, I kind of just made up. I'm not sure if it was a thing, but you fast forward one year later of doing this. And, and I've been, you know, blessed to receive, you know, attention from some really big outlets. So Psychology Today and NBC News and all these big things, because we're starting to finally have the conversation around the importance of um, pouring into our friendships. Yeah, I think that's honestly really validating for me to hear because even now, like, we're both freshly out of college, but, like, and I, I don't know, I kind of felt like, oh, like, the high school drama phase is, like, over, but then <laughs> friendship issues will come up, and I'm like, this is dumb. Like, I'm an adult. I should, you know, all my relationships should be, like, magical and have no issues, and that's just, yeah, that's just not the reality of it, and yeah, I think that's just really affirming to hear that, that like these are struggles that people do have and continue to have. And I think like we're all relationship oriented, like we need relationships. And so like when we have struggles in our friendship, it's like, it's just pointing to like, it's just affirming again that we just, we do need other people. So what are some of the most common issues that you see in friendships, like especially among women? Yeah. So um, things have shifted a little bit in terms of like, if I'm talking straight client requests, mm -hmm. um, when women want a session and we're going through it together, um, it shifted a little bit during the pandemic, but typically is how to make friends. And then I always say, you know, there's the as, and then a fill in a blank. So how to make friends as an adult is a big one because I tend to serve millennial women or how to make friends when you move to a new city or how to make friends as an introvert. So there's always that qualifier, like with my particular situation, how do I make friends? So that's been a big one. Um, another, uh, like right now specifically, it's how do I, you know, meet people during a pandemic? How do I, you know, reach out? What does that look like? I can't go out like I used to. So how do I do this? Um, another big one is about friendship breakups. How do I get over this? Or should I let her go? Should I cut her off? Should I not? I mean, how do I do that? She's stressing me, but I don't know. So that's a big one. How do I have this really difficult conversation? How do I know if she's toxic? 
toxic or if it's just me. Um, so those are kind of like the big ones, starting friendships, navigating the hard stuff during the friendship, and then how to let them go and then how to grieve them. Um, I think I get a lot of that because there really isn't space in our culture to get support for platonic breakups. We know what to say, we know what to do when you break up with a boyfriend, but when you break up with a friend, there's a lot of um, unintentional dismissive language like, well, you know what, good riddance, or you know what, fine, you don't have time for that, like there's plenty of other girls, but it's not that simple, like get over it and just find some other friends. You know, we become really close and intimate with our female friends, so it is very painful. Um, and so there's a lot of, of that request, and I think it's because there really aren't too many spaces to grieve the end of a friendship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I feel like definitely see that in my own life. And it's hard because it's just like, lit yeah, what you're saying, it's just like everyone knows how to handle like a boyfriend breakup. But it's like, when you just move on from a friendship, it's like hard to not have like that guilt. And then also just like embrace that, like, this is just what it is for right now. A lot of this conversation is already really validating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the whole like grieving a friendship thing. Because I mean, I don't think I've had any huge friendship breakups since college, but like in high school, I definitely did. And I was like, I do not know how to handle this. Like, first of all, who do I say without lunch tomorrow? Second of all, <laughs> like, just like this person has been a huge part of my life. And how do I like acknowledge that history, but then realize that, okay, someone can be a huge part of your life and be really positive for a certain period of time. And then things can change and it could be toxic and it could be unhealthy and time to move on. Um, but they're just, yeah, I agree. There definitely is not space for that. Um, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And then especially, I, I don't, you know, sound like, oh, at your age, but, you know, coming up in this time too, a lot of what you all are dealing with is, is very public. So if I'm close mm -hmm. friends with you, we probably posted together a lot and now yeah. we're not. And do I, do I mention this? Do I not? If I say something about it in my post, then do I look like that's, that's shade, but this is actually something I'm really going through. And so even navigating it and figuring out your messaging for what you want to tell the wow. world again, as yeah. if you did with a breakup. Um, you know, I always joke that you know, if you think about it, it's almost acceptable to talk about um, your you know relationship on on social. So maybe I'll have a fight with my boyfriend or my husband and be like, you know, and then we get together again, and then I'm like, oh, you know, relationships are hard, but he's totally worth it. Right. Or you have a, a tough time at your job and you post something about, oh my gosh, work's kicking my butt or class is kicking my butt. But when do you ever see a woman complain about? her friendship, even yeah. if they get beyond it, unless it's something to the far end of super bitterness about, right. you know, it's got to be one or the other, like, oh, love yeah. my girls. And you've got squad goals and it's fun and light. Or it's something about like, um, gosh, I'm cutting off friends right now. I just really need to be by myself yeah. and I just can't deal with other people. And I just, this is a season of me, but there's nothing that allows space for like the gray area in friendship because it almost feels unsafe. If I mention a struggle with a friend, well, I know she's, she's looking and then does it look like, wow, I can't believe like you put my business out like that, but in any other area, it would be okay. And yeah. so there's something about continuing this facade of we're cool. We're either cool or we hate each other. And there's no room for, oh, wait, we can have conflict as a friends and then still hang out tomorrow and it's okay. Yeah. That's normal. Yes, that's normal. Wow. Yeah. I love that. It's just like so real. Just like with, yeah, like I don't think I've ever really thought about that concept at all until you put it into words. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's, it's very true. And like, I do think social media adds a whole other aspect of friendship, even like yeah. seeing who's hanging out with who, you know, and you're like, oh, well, like I wasn't invited. 
but it's like, okay, well, I don't need to be invited to everything, but it's just like, I feel like there's a lot more room for assumptions almost in social media. Like you can make mm-hmm. assumptions about the state of your friendships with other people based on that. And I, it's a very, it's a very strange dynamic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I feel like because we don't talk about it, there's never space to be like in that uncomfortable area too. Like, I, I feel like I don't even know what the relationship is if we aren't like best friends good or if we're like not talking, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's just like that kind of allow that just conversation just allows us to like hold space for like, hey, we're not great right now, but I still love you. And like, I still want what's best for you. And like, we're working it out and that's okay. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of like this season of life for us right now, especially in friendships. Cause like we just graduated college. We're all trying to figure out what we're doing with our life. Um, so just kind of like to segue, I guess, but change is just like hard to handle in any form. So, and oh my gosh, especially change in friendship. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like for me personally, I feel like friends should stay the same no matter what. And if it's not the same, it's not good, but it's just like different and that's fine. And I know we've talked about that like a little bit as we've like learned that or whatever, but that's definitely what I feel in friendship. Um, so I don't know. What do you, what's your advice to people who might be going through like this thing? <laughs> I'm like, can you give us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But like transitional period in general, like, and then how to navigate um, that and, and then friendship change dynamics too, if that makes sense. So like two different kinds of transition. Sure. Yeah. So this is really interesting having a conversation with this particular age group because um, perhaps this um, like piece of research will be insightful for you. So research tells us that your um, social network grows exponentially until about the age of 24, at which case it, at which point it begins to decrease rapidly. And what's interesting is it's because of, well, think of all the things that tend to unfold around that time. Mm -hmm. You're having kids, you're getting married, you're getting very serious about your job and your career path. And so there's no time to be hanging out and to late night hours. And, and so a lot of things shift at 24 and they take up our, our time our mental energy. And so slowly but surely our friends kind of start to fall into the margins of our lives and we get to them when we have time because right now I have so many things to do. And so it's interesting to hear where you all are right now, where you're coming out of a, a space that's saturated with your your peers socially and you're about to enter a world where you maybe work with adults or you work alone like you all are coming out at a strange time now people yeah. are in their homes mm-hmm. and working alone so you don't even have the social backing of you know the traditional workplace or you know hanging out you know with nightlife that's all kind of been gone and that tends to be the backdrop upon which we meet people we tend to like chat them up get to know them so now that landscape looks totally different and so um um, a couple of things I would say in terms of, you know, when we're going through life transitions, how do we handle this? The first is, I think we know in our brains that friendships have a season, like we know that, mm-hmm. but then when it happens, we're like, whoa, you know, to your point earlier, well, what's happening? Because we used to talk every single day, but now it's been like yeah. once a week. What does this mean? What does this mean for our friendship? What is, and we're trying to kind of understand, and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I always like to say, you know, get honest with yourself about what you want. If you really want this person in your life, but you're noticing that different things are just kind of pulling you in separate directions, or you really just don't have the same time to dedicate that you used to, well, what do you want? If you say to yourself like, Mm -hmm. oh no, there's no way. Like she had so much value to my life. Like I love her so much. 
great, then you need to do the work. That means it, it might not be, you know, I always say it might not be sexy to say, let's put it on the calendar. But when you become, yeah. you know, when you get older, that's exactly what we're doing to keep up with our friends. Otherwise it's not going to happen. So whether it's something like, Hey, every Friday night is kind of just like a, our 30 minute catch up. And that's it. It doesn't have to be all day. No one really even has time to hang on the phone all day. However, yeah. we commit to like, Hey, 30 minute catch ups. Friday night or Thursday nights, 30 minute catch up. That's our thing. It keeps us in touch because um, the the three things we need in any friendship, and I get this from Shasta Nelson, who's also really big, you know, in this space and um, well, not also really big. I'm not as big as her. I should not have equated myself. I'm like she's also an expert. <laughs> she's, she's amazing. And, and she has something called the, like, I think it's like the triangle of friendimacy. And she says that you need three components to make a friendship work positivity, vulnerability, and consistency. So imagine what happens if one of those erases. So let's talk about consistency. If that disappears, but you know, we're positive when we talk to each other and we're vulnerable, vulnerable with each other, but we only talk like once every month. I can't be as close to you as I could Mm -hmm. because I, I I can't keep up. I don't really know the latest of what's going on in your life. I never see you. And a key ingredient of any friendship is repeated exposure. That's why so many people end up becoming friends with their roommates and their neighbors and their coworkers because I just see you every day. Mm -hmm. So naturally we're going to kind of, well, we have to keep that going again. If you decide this is a person I want to keep in my life, but you know, she's moving across country and, and she got a boyfriend and now I don't see her. Great. That just means that now it requires more effort than it did before when you sat next to each other in class or when you share at the same dorm. So right. you have to operate differently, but a lot of us don't know how to do that. We've never really had to, but that's exactly what's going to be required of you if you want to keep this person in your life. When it comes to conflict with a person, like in life transition, let's say you guys are struggling and going different directions and you, maybe you had a fallout or something's kind of awkward, you have to name it because what we do is we have a lot of friendship fade because it got awkward and I don't know what to say and I don't want to be weird and she probably hates me because she thinks I said that thing, but I'm not going to ask her. I'll just wait for her to say it to me. Yeah, right. And we had these whole conversations that took place without the other person's voice. And so as soon as you notice like, oh, it's weird to call her and say, okay, I feel like it's weird. Are we good? And yeah. you'll be amazed at hearing this other person's side that maybe had nothing to do with you. Maybe she's overwhelmed. Maybe she caught COVID. And and, and I'm, I just read something that said that one in five people who catch COVID are developing mental uh, mental health issues because it feels so isolating yeah. and they're trying to wrap their mind around what they just went through. A lot of them aren't sharing with their friends, you know, because there's a little embarrassment around it for some people. Mm-hmm. But did you give her a chance to tell you that? Or did you just assume like, wow, she hasn't talked to me in like two weeks? Like, okay, fine. You know, and so, you know, I I think the gist of what I'm saying is communication would be important. If you notice you're drifting because of life transitions and you want that person in your life, you have to do the work. There's no such thing as, oh my gosh, we're so close. We don't even have to talk often. I see that circulating a lot. And, um, it's just not best practices. So if yeah. you can go without seeing somebody for months and you guys just click when you get back together, I think that's cool. That's a nice mm-hmm. chemistry. But in terms of a, a fulfilling, close, sustaining relationship, you're going to have to do more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I also, when you said like a lot of the times we're having a one-sided conversation, like with ourselves, that's something Literally that, me in the car today. <laughs> yeah. That's something I like catch in myself so much where I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This did, did, did yeah. this even happen or is this just a, like this narrative that I've made up 
like based off of like one thing this one person said and then I've like constructed this whole story in my head that's made me feel like resentment or made me feel weird towards another person when it's not even there so I think that's like really good um this this kind of goes along with with like seasons of transition but obviously like as we get older you kind of mentioned this before like our friends might not be in the same season of life as us like some of our friends are getting married like some people we know are having kids and then like some people are still in school like everyone's just kind of in a different place especially I think in your 20s like your 20s I feel like is such a range of experiences um and I know you've talked before I've heard you talk about recognizing the difference between changing circumstances and changing friendships um so do you have like what I guess what are your tips for maintaining strong friendships when and like supporting your friends too when you're maybe not all in the same stage of life you know maybe your friend's married maybe you're still in schools things like that like how do you maintain this close friendship when your circumstances and experiences are no longer shared yeah that's a common one because it repeats itself over and over and over mm-hmm. you get older then it's going to be oh her kids are still out of the house but my kids are in the house and I, so it's never going to go away which means we might as well settle in and figure out okay how do i deal with this because it's going to keep happening the first is i think a lot of it is some of it's logistical things we got to figure out because life's mm-hmm. taking us different directions and some of it is very it's going to require a lot of inner work because a lot of us what separates us is comparing and thinking ah she's ahead and she's ahead she's ahead she's beating me or i'm not there i can't relate yet or i'm the only single one in the group now and and we've got to figure out how to not see as ahead in terms of like a linear or chronological way and more so she's just in a new space like i'm in yellow and she's in purple there's nothing chronological about that they're just different and so Um, because that can create some complexes. Um, And then if you are the person who's in the quote unquote ahead space, like maybe you've had kids or gotten married, but your friends have not yet done that, or they don't want to do that. um, You know, are you changing up a little bit? You know, are are you suddenly feeling like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Um, I, I recently had a coaching client who was talking about, you know, my friends are still partying and I just, I can't do that anymore because I'm getting married. So I can't do that anymore. And I understand what she's saying, but I also know she's taking that same kind of language in the friend group, which kind yeah. of makes them feel like, oh, you think you're ahead, yeah. you know, of yeah. us and we need to change and you've advanced so far in maturity beyond us. And so there's some of that too. We have to be careful. Oh, yeah. I didn't say it like that you know and become more uh, intentional Um, but when it comes to making yourselves kind of stay connected in spite of your circumstances is I would say still pay close attention to the friendship itself is she still a good listener is she still supportive when you guys get to talk then you don't need to make uh, any kind of decision like oh well maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore or maybe we can't relate anymore if she's still there for you then she still qualifies as you know a good friend she's still curious about your life um one suggestion i would give is to find a way to show interest in her life even if you can't necessarily relate so let's say she's had kids so now she wants to have a whole hour-long conversation about what's the best diaper rash cream and you don't (laughs) care at all you can't relate and you don't even have the brain cells to dedicate to that conversation yeah i totally get that but are there ways that you can maybe ask about the baby or um, send a snapshot of something that you saw in Target that you're like, oh my gosh, do you have something like this already? Because I thought it's just hilarious or whatever, but something to let her know. I'm not in that stage, but I want to be involved. I, I want to yeah. know, you know, what you've got going on and, and how can I relate in my own way? So it would require you to try to show a little interest. If you feel like she's slipping away, um, to say that too, again, communication. So mm-hmm. just saying a lot like, man, 
I know you're all booed up, but I don't see you anymore. You want to do like, you know, every other weekend we go get coffee in the morning, but it lets her know I've noticed, I know you notice, what are we going to do to stay connected instead of letting that brain conversation we talked about earlier, develop, develop, develop. And then before you know it, you've talked yourself out of staying connected because you don't want to bother her or you assume she's too busy um, and all that good stuff. So I think showing interest and being intentional about staying connected and not seeing it as a comparison game, I think would all be important in remaining friends despite changing seasons. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Literally so good. I really liked the color analogy, especially of like it's not linear. It's just different because I know you're talking about doing the inner work and I've had to recognize like I'm in the process right now of um, applying to grad school and like one other of my friends is going to grad school and that's it. And I've had to recognize like, okay, you are going to have to actively try or actively work on not comparing yourself. Like you want to like continue your education and like other people in your friend group are getting married. Like you like I just know that that's going to be a struggle for me as I'm you know continuing my education and just really being aware of that and being like okay this is not like neither neither of you are like less than each other you're just you chose different things you want different things right now um but just again not falling into that comparison trap I think that's really good yeah yeah and I think not making assumptions about their needs or wants too because I've had friends who you know I think I was the first in my friend group to get to get married and start having babies. And so I noticed the conversation did change around me. And it was like, I still wanted to hear about, you know, the date they had Thursday night. I I was like genuinely interested, but I noticed them thinking like almost filtering themselves like, oh, well, you know, but, but how are you guys? Oh, how's married life? And it's like, it's okay. Like we can talk about your thing. I want to talk about your thing. So, you know, having that open mind too of, of what the person's truly interested in instead of assumptions but you know that's a general life lesson and not assuming so that could be helpful yeah too. no I think that's great yeah that's really good um okay so I guess assuming and expectations maybe can go hand in hand but our next question is what role do like expectations play in friendships and what do you do when you feel let down by your oh my gosh yes yes that <laughs> word I tell you that word it, it, it's ah uh, Expectations are tricky because with female friendship, and and I say this a lot, I like to take things and put them in a romantic context because then we get it. We're like, oh yeah, totally. And then you put it in a friendship context and we're like, what? And so, you know, romantically, of course we'd be like, uh, yeah, you need to tell them what you expect, what you want, what you're looking for. Like Mm -hmm. you have to tell them, Mm -hmm. Like that's obvious. But the idea of doing that with a friend, we're like, I shouldn't have to tell a friend like it should just be natural like I shouldn't have to say hey I want this what do you want that's weird you know and so we have this romanticized idea that we find our bestie and then there's suddenly so much that can go unspoken like I don't have to say it she's my friend yeah Yeah. she just gets it she gets me (laughs) and that sets us up for disappointment because sometimes you might have those moments and that's a really sweet moment when it's like we just make eyes across the room and she's like I know you don't have to say anything. That's great. But that's not the default. You're going to have to say what you need. Otherwise, you're going to continually be uh, be disappointed in her not being able to, quote unquote, meet your expectations. So, you know, a a super simple example is, let's say you're a big uh, texter and it's really important to you to kind of text back. Otherwise, it's hard for you to go three days without a response because you're going to make some kind of meaning of that or interpretation. Like, Mm -hmm. does she dislike me? Does she? So for you, you expect that person will respond right away. And if they don't, you assume, oh, they're not as invested as I am or whatever. You know, have you ever talked about that? you ever say like okay so I'm a big 
I'm a big texter. What's your style? And even like had the conversation so you don't fall apart every mm-hmm. time she responds, you know, three days, you know, between texts, which is kind of annoying and you need to do better than that. But people do. People well, do. You. <laughs> because that's me all day. I'll be like, oh my God, I know you text me on Sunday and it's Saturday, but what did you do? You know, and trying to work on that. Or, you know, is your expectation that you guys will talk every day? And hers is once a week, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not saying it has to be this big formal powwow, but what do you really expect your friends to, to do? Um, do you um, expect that she'll be there when you call, you know, and especially from like a faith perspective, I, I, I get a lot of that. Like, you know, I, I reach out to all my friends and none of them were there for me. And it's like, well, what is being there for you mean? Like in all seriousness, does it mean answering the phone when you call? Because what if, you know, one, I wasn't available or what if honestly, I didn't have the emotional capacity. doesn't mean I don't love you, but man, I can't dedicate an hour right now to listening because I'm overwhelmed and I I don't think I can support you right now, but does it make me a bad friend? And if I don't pick up, are you thinking twice about my loyalty and questioning how dedicated I am to you? And from a faith perspective, you know, I always say, you know, you've got a lot of people reaching out because you need your friends to pull you through and pull you through. That's not their job. Like, mm-hmm. thank God that's not, that's not your job is to save me when I'm down. It's really nice when, you know, the time aligns and you're available and you say the right thing. And I needed that encouragement. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. That's not your job though. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are doing that whole, but you're, you know, your friends are supposed to know what to say. They're supposed to be there for you. Well, yeah, but you know, Thank God I serve somebody who is there all the time yeah, yeah. and whose advice never fails. I can't possibly put that on my friends. And sometimes we can really appreciate that when we flip it around because gosh, the pressure of a friend expecting you to do that. She calls yeah. you and you need to know what to say and you better answer because she needs you. That pressure of like, I, I, I love you, but I don't, you know, I don't know what to say here. This problem is bigger than I am. Does that make you less qualified to be her friend or you're just not a mental health professional and yeah. it's beyond what you can do, you know? Um, or sometimes you're going to not call back for a while, but because it, you're fallible and you're a human and it doesn't mm-hmm. make you less of a friend. Yeah. So Friends are a nice gift and a nice blessing in our lives. I think we're designed for connection and and fellowship and all those things. And that's biblical. It's just that, you know, when we start to replace, you know, our salvation with our friendships and our girls in our lives being available and help me through and be there for me and support me, it's just not fair. So we have to kind of get our expectations together and be realistic um, so that we don't set our own selves up for disappointment. Totally. Yeah. I love, um, well, I love everything that you said about faith and like making um, our expectations for friends, not what we expect to be receiving from God basically. But then I also love what you said. It just about like we, we let, if we are dating, we like let our boyfriends know, or we do in a healthy relationship. Right. And like, that's and like when girls are coming up and they're like oh he didn't do this thing for me and we're like okay well do you talk about it we're like they're like no he should just read my mind we're like no that's that's crazy like what do you mean you need to tell him and then but then we do that with like our girlfriends and I'm just like that's just really good yeah yeah it's definitely something something that I do not do I I yeah I guess like I always I'm a two on the Enneagram if you're into that and so I'm always like I don't want to be a burden but then I'm like asserting like saying what you need is not being a burden or saying like what you expect in a friendship is not being a burden like those, those are not the same thing and also like did they say you were a burden no you decided that you were a burden and like no one has ever affirmed that 
So I think that's yeah, really good. And, and to that point, you know, research actually shows us that people who ask for what they need tend to get what they need yeah. and they mm-hmm. feel more supported. And people who don't ask naturally say they feel less supported. So yeah. if you really do need help, um, you know, to say like, Hey, I need help. And most times you're asking us of your friend, we're happy to help. We're happy for the guidance. I don't know what yeah. you need. So it helps me to, t- for you to say like, can I just vent for like five minutes? Cause I just need, I just, can I just complain for five minutes? Okay, yeah. sure. Go ahead. You know, or, Hey, can you give me advice or, Hey, I don't want advice, but can you just like, listen, I just got to get it out. I don't need advice. Yeah. I just need to complain, but like even guiding each other and saying very explicitly what you want or what you can handle, you know? Um, so, so yeah. So, you know, asking for what you need is how you get it. And remembering that our friends of all people don't see us as burdens. Um, mm-hmm is, is I think helpful in a relationship and to know that they would welcome a chance to help you if only you would tell them how, yeah. and maybe sometimes reframing it that way can give us the, the courage to lean into that truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, so this is a question from a listener. Uh, you talked about friendship breakups earlier. Uh, what would you say to someone who, who's kind of feeling like, uh, I don't, this friendship, I don't know where it's going. Like, what would you say to someone who doesn't want to lose a friend, um, but feels like they're maybe always the one putting in more effort? Like it's kind of a one-sided relationship, but like that person really matters to them. What would your advice be in that situation? Yeah. So it's, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm really big on saying it, like having a conversation because I, you know, I keep going to that because, you know, again, the, the book I wrote, give it a rest is literally about all the reasons we don't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of female friendships end prematurely because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have a hard conversation either because I didn't want to look rude. I didn't want to look dramatic. Like I'm making it a big deal. I don't want to make it awkward. I don't want you to, you know, cut me off and to withdraw. So I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to make you feel weird, even though I feel weird, but I don't want to make you feel weird. So we have all these things that keep us from just talking about the thing. So, um, that's, I always suggest first, like talk about it, but when it comes to initiating, that's actually one of um, the most common complaint is, gosh, I feel like I'm the person who's doing all this initiating. Yeah. And I have a couple things to say to that. The first is, you know, some people are familiar with the five love languages mm-hmm. and the idea there about how you give love, how you tend to receive love. Uh, so if I'm a words person, I'm going to lavish you with compliments, but I kind of secretly expect that too. Like that's what yeah. I like or physical touch or gifts. And so the same sometimes is true of friendship. So what does initiating look like to you? Does it mean texting? Because that means to you, that's a value. And that means I'm checking in. So if she doesn't text, it's like, she doesn't care, but does she, you know, um, slide in your DM sometimes with some encouragement or does she, you know, send you funny like gifts or, you know, or gifs, I don't know, you know, so what <laughs> does she attend every time you have like a virtual event or something? Is she always there? So one, can you give her some credit for the things she's doing that don't necessarily mirror what you're doing instead of dismissing them as um, not equaling your effort? So you give yourself 10 points and her, and her one point on the yeah. initiate scale, but should you be giving her more? Is, how are you qualifying or measuring her initiative? That would be the first thing uh, before you dismiss it. The second thing would be um, to just focus on her saying yes and showing up. So does she show up when you have the event or when you call, does she pick up? When you say, hey, let's go grab coffee, does she say, yeah, let's do it? 
that counts. Mm -hmm. So I know sometimes we feel cared for when people reach out to us. So we want to be pursued. We all desire that. So to have your friends be like, Hey, are you free? Okay. Yeah, let's go. Like we want to be chasing that. That feels good. Um, but try your best to focus on, does she show up and does mm-hmm. she say yes? Cause yeah. if so, that counts. Um, before we think, well, I'm the only person who, who cares. Um, there's also something called responsibility bias, um, which means you can only see what you do. Like you only mm-hmm. know what you do. So yeah. of course you're counting that times 10 and you're not acknowledging the things that she's doing too. Um, I once had a friend who I was always frustrated because, you know, it was always up to me to make the plan and to pick out where we we're going to go. And she was always like, well, um, where are we going? Or I'd have to say, like, do you want to go out on Friday? Well, where do you want to go? And so eventually I was just like, well, I feel like I'm always picking the place. And like, I'm always saying, let's do this. And she was like, oh, okay. Well, I just, I just never know good spots to go. You always know good spots, but I don't, I don't know good spots. Mm -hmm. And it was just a moment of like, here I am growing in frustration because she won't pick up the slack, but she has an insecurity about not planning a night as fun as I might plan. And so just letting me do it. And so it was just a good moment of like, oh, so, you know, in terms of do I cut her off or not? Do I keep initiating? If she's showing up, keep it going. Mm -hmm. If she is not and you're initiating and she's oh, I'm really busy or I can't. Well, then that points to something else. And I think that makes your decision for you. So I don't think you have to necessarily cut her off. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the decision has to be, do I keep her or cut her? But maybe adjusting your expectations and saying, oh, okay, well, I guess she doesn't have time and that's fine. I'll use my energy to pour into people who pour it back into me. And then that that just is what it is. Yeah, totally. That's really good. Um. Another listener question is how, oops, how do you know when it's time to let a, wait, did we just do that one? No, this is a different one. Oh, well, I guess you kind of just said that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, well, maybe, maybe in, more in terms of toxic friendships. Like, how do you know when it's time to let a friendship go? Like, it's not healthy. Oh, like what, yeah, what makes a toxic friendship? That's a good I one. I guess that's kind of, yeah, that's more what I meant to say. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So that's a big one. I think you can reduce it to something really simple and a toxic friendship is anybody who goes beyond your boundaries. That's Mm, it. That's good. That's it. Cause a lot of times we're like, well, is it somebody who does this or is it just, do they go beyond your boundaries? Which again requires you to say them. Yeah. If somebody's difficult or they push my button and I never told them, but I just like, uh, she's toxic. There's so much there. Was she aware that she was doing it? Did she know that right. that was a trigger for you? Is she toxic or, or just the friendship itself? Because sometimes it's not this person, but when we're together, it's incompatible with what I need. Let's say that there are certain things I'm trying to resist because of my temptation or my threshold, but you're in such a lifestyle where I, I can't, it's too hard. It doesn't make you lesser than or you're a toxic person, but this together as a unit is not going to serve me. It's, it's going to bring me down. I can't do this. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, if somebody's just annoying, they're annoying. I think we forget like, <laughs> oh, somebody's always talking about themselves and you know, the kind of girl who never asks about you and she's always talking about herself. That's not toxic in my opinion. It's kind of obnoxious yeah, and it's right. kind of like, oh God, I'd like a turn to talk. But right. toxic, I don't know. You know, um, if somebody is um, pushing your buttons and you say like, Hey, listen, I, every time you say that, like, it makes me cringe. I'm sorry. So I can't have you say stuff like that because it makes you feel weird. Yeah. You're like, Oh my God, 
minimize it and they do it again and they do it again, that is toxic. Mm-hmm. Not them, not judging them, mm-hmm. but I can't be here because I already told you like, hey, yeah. that makes me feel weird. And you were like, I hear you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, okay. Well, I can't be here because right. you just showed me that we, you know, we can't do this. You don't respect on a basic level, my threshold, what, what makes me comfortable. Um, I know right now, especially in this year, we're differing in our, you know, political opinions and mm-hmm. we're grappling with things like, you know, how seriously we take mask wearing or not. We're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, you know, racial justice is, is, or injustice is nothing new, but a lot of people are finally having a conversation yeah. about it. There's a lot that's emerged during the pandemic that has us looking at our friendships differently. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, wow, I don't know how I see you. I didn't know you believed that. I didn't know yeah. you thought that. That's okay. But in terms of toxic and cutting off, is it something that's pushing you past your boundaries? Mm-hmm. If so, well, then yes, it's time to let a friendship go. Um, or if you feel like you have to keep a friendship up at obligation, that's never a good reason to stay friends either. So maybe it's not toxic, but if you're not excited to talk to them or it feels like effort or it feels like the only thing you have in common is your history, but nothing new and you don't want to keep things going, that's okay. Doesn't make them a bad person or toxic, but you outgrew it. It looks like you're done with that season. Um, So there are different reasons to let friendships go, but in terms of using the word toxic as a person ongoing in an ongoing way, pushing your boundaries, if so, well, then I don't care what it's packaged as that is something you need to let go. Mm, that's really, that's good. really good. I as, just thought of like two more questions. I did too. I'm like, uh, can we have any more? Okay, so as women then, it like made me think of like, okay, well, when we are like, hey, this isn't, uh, this isn't, this friendship isn't healthy or um, we just don't connect anymore and things like that. How, because like as women, that happens and friendships are lost, but it's never it's never clean and nice, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how how do we do that better? Because it's just a part of life. Like we grow out of seasons. We just stop connecting on like a healthy level. And it's, there's, I don't know. It seems I, like there's always lingering bitterness. Almost. Yeah. Like even if things didn't really, weren't dramatic, it's like five years from now, I'll still make like a snarky comment about something. I'm like, oh, I don't even what? care that I, Yeah, <laughs> what the heck? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. You know, that could come from, you know, what we were saying before about not having conversations um, with people or saying the things you want to say along the way. So maybe before it gets to that point, but the trick about that is it's going to manifest itself somewhere. Like if the poison's got to, it's got to come out, whatever it is, it's either going to be you complaining to other friends about the friend. Cause you won't say the thing to the friend. Mm-hmm. So now you're complaining to the friends and maybe that accounts for like the snarky comments about her because you wouldn't address the hard thing with her directly and you never resolved it. So um, sometimes we don't address things along the way. And then we Mm -hmm. do end up getting that friendship fade. I think that accounts for a lot of, you know, ghosting right now. It's especially easy to ghost people because we don't have to see them. So if I don't respond to you, I don't have to worry about bumping into you at work or school because I don't even see you, you know, so we do that. We opt for that because it's a little bit easier than having to have the awkward talk. Um, but if you, I, I think there's some bitterness sometimes around like the friendship fade, because a lot of times that's one-sided. One person tends to know that that's exactly what's happening. And the other didn't know that that's what we mm-hmm. were doing. So I think sometimes that accounts for it. So you might think like, ah, I kind of just like, I'm over it. Like, I don't feel like texting her back. Like, oh my God, I don't feel like I have the energy. She didn't know that. 
So she's still reaching out and we didn't tell her. So from her perspective, she just sees like, okay, she's like not responding. She's suddenly unavailable. Instead of you just saying like, hey, listen, I, I think between work and school and everything I have going on, I only have like so much energy and attention and so I really am um, kind of going to prioritize things right uh, these things right now but maybe in another season we can get back to hanging out or we can reconnect again or hopefully our paths cross soon or whatever um, but as long as you don't put it on this person it's always about you so instead of you're too much or you're too this she's fine because somebody could tell you you're too much you know mm-hmm. she's fine exactly how she is but for you whether it's the energy that's required or the the new things you're prioritizing right now um but at least you can let her know now if she gets mm-hmm. upset or defensive or says wow who do you think you are that's on her but at least i have to respect you because you told me instead of dodging me which requires lots of energy of you yeah. every time you see my number up you've got to think of something and you got to you know, yeah, it's awkward, but gosh, she's got to respect that. And then Mm -hmm. you don't have to keep dodging. You can like relax. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, my question is this year, obviously, as you said, like lots of things have been going on, like between COVID and everyone, everyone is handling that different. It's an election year. We've seen, um, like you said, like a lot of stuff with race has come up that people are maybe just seeing for the first time. And I, I've found myself, and I mean, I can't speak for Emma, but I think she's felt a little of this too. Um, I found myself like feeling very disappointed in people, Mm. um, especially as a Christian. And obviously we're supposed to love everyone. We're not supposed to judge anyone. We're not supposed to see people as their political views. Um, But I think like it's, it's really hard. And like, how do you, I'm not, I'm not phrasing this well, but like, when you realize like, oh shoot, maybe our values aren't as similar as they thought, as I thought they were like, okay, you've been a great friend to me, but I'm just like you. So it doesn't really matter that you're a great friend to me because like we grew up in the same town. We look the same. We went to the same school. Like that doesn't really say much about you. So I guess, how do you like not judge people on their politics not judge people on those sorts of issues, but also, also realize like, okay, maybe our values don't align. That was just a whole word vomit, but I guess, do you have anything to say to that that I just vomited out? Yeah, I get that because sometimes we do want to separate. Like they're fun to talk to and they're really funny. And so we like want to keep the friendship going, but it's hard because you look at them and you're like, yeah, but I saw that thing you posted the other day and it was just like gross or just like not okay. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's really up to you to determine like, okay, can you separate where you guys hang out? Um, But, you know, they're not saying anything cringeworthy, Um, but it's hard because one of the most fundamental shared required things in a friendship is respect. Like I respect Mm -hmm. you. And as soon as I feel like, oh, I don't respect that, then yeah, naturally it's going to kind of create this distance. You're going to see them differently. I think judging somebody is different than how I choose to engage with you. So maybe I'm not going to, maybe I'm not going to judge you, but I don't know. I feel kind of gross hanging out with you, um, with those things that you said, or that I discovered that you believe I just can't. And maybe that's okay. Now, if you're going to have conversations about it, like, Hey, can we talk about what you said the other day? Two pieces of advice I would give is whenever you're addressing hard things, ask more questions than statements. So it's it's very tempting, you know, mm. especially with me, you know, too. Um, you want to say like, okay, so you definitely posted this, um, but you do understand that da 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 da, right? And yeah. that's ignorant because blah 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 blah. And so naturally, anybody's going to be like, uh, okay, and then defend their perspectives. Mm. But it's because we bring an attitude of, let me help you understand something, as opposed to 
man, can you help me understand that? And so I think that's our primary issue is Mm -hmm. I need to convince you instead of like, man, I am curious. Like Mm -hmm. what did you, uh, one question I learned to kind of ask people when it comes to tricky things like that is like, what have you been through that, that made you believe that? And a lot of people haven't even been asked that because we're in an echo chamber. So I've never even asked like, wow, what have you been through that made you believe that? Yeah, And especially like with race, like racist notions, it's like, oh, I, well, I, you know, and it's just interesting to hear what people say. And I think a lot of them have never been asked before. And then um, another piece of research I just read in psychology today is if you want to actually get somebody to change their mind, you have to make them question the evidence upon which they're building their opinion. You Mm. can't say that's a dumb thing to say, but saying Mm. like, "Where, where did you see that? Why do you, okay. So where did you, where did you read that? huh why would you like making them think twice about like why do well I mean I don't know I never really thought about it yeah and letting them kind of take their journey but a lot of us haven't been asked like what have you been through that makes you even think that you know it's kind of a different conversation as a you know and I mean they might read it as like you think I'm stupid and I might kind of be thinking I might kind of be thinking like because you're stupid But, you know, but it allows me to kind of like humble myself and come from a place of like, I'm genuinely curious because we might unpack something else, something deeper, like, right. oh, that's what's going on because yeah. you had this very personal experience this one time and you projected it on like a ton of people, yeah. you know, so it kind of gives us a chance to talk it through. But in terms of, well, I don't want to judge, so I'm going to keep hanging out with you. Those are two um, different things. And mm-hmm. I personally believe that I can choose to not engage with you because I don't feel good about it. And I feel like you are going to take that as I'm condoning these things that you believe. And I don't want to associate with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. as a, you know, and I think there's a, there's a difference. So I can still try my best not to judge you as a person, but I also don't want to be around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's, that's honestly the best advice I've gotten. Like, all of 2020 yeah because I feel like that's been such a big struggle since March I'm like yeah I don't yeah I just caught between those two things um that's really good um my last question that I was thinking of as you were talking well as we were talking about friendships ending is like okay so when you like break up with your boyfriend like everybody tells you like okay this is how I handle it like this is you know like okay we're gonna go on like a super fun girls trip we're gonna like go get our hair done but like how do you grieve a friendship Mm. like like, how do you actually, like, process those emotions and grieve a friendship um, that was, like, not a romantic relationship? Yeah, so this is, you know, this is such a tough one because we all go through it, but it's, like, like I said earlier, like, almost like we're not allowed to really name it because it makes you seem overly sensitive or mm-hmm. dramatic or it's, like, oh, my God, okay, well, she's horrible. You don't need her. Like, move on, and, you know, so we don't really have a space to, like, lean into it. Um, the first thing I would say is that when it comes to grieving like a platonic friendship, I think it's so hard because there's almost an understanding with romantic relationships that they're going to end, like that they're all going to end except for the one that doesn't. Right. And so if it doesn't work out, we're like, oh my God, more fish in the sea. Like, (laughs) let's go out. Let's go hit the town. What's next? You know? And so it's almost like this, we can replace it Mm -hmm. kind of notion. So Mm -hmm. even though of course it hurts, it's like, well, he wasn't the one. But with friends, we have all, think about all our speech around friendship, friends forever, friends for life, ride or die. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't, I can't fathom the ending because you're my friend friendships aren't supposed to end so I first got to do the mental work around that is like but we're supposed to be friends forever you know but we understand that romantic relationships 
probably won't be forever. And so there's kind of some of that at play. And I think that's a part of why the devastation might hit worse is because it's like a paradigm shift. Like how is this even ending? Cause it's not supposed to, I think yeah. some of it too is that, you know, our friends, you know, I guess romantically too, but our friends choose us. Like it's an entirely voluntary relationship. So if you choose to be out of it, it just is something that almost detracts from our sense of worth because mm-hmm. I don't choose you anymore. And you've probably revealed so many parts of yourself to me. I mean, with female friends, we're talking about our hopes, our dreams. We're, we're showing our weaknesses and this woman does not judge us. And we've had some disgusting, shameful moments in front of her. And she's like, girl, I got you. I love you anyway. Yeah. So as soon as she's like, actually, I don't even want to, I don't want to be around you anymore it's hard to reconcile the history that we have Mm -hmm. and the intimate moments we've had with somebody now electing to not be around it Um, because it's in our friends where we do find validation and worth and love. And so it's hard to get past that being over. Um, But I think in terms of moving on as much as possible is one, don't be tough. So I always say like that whole, like, you know what, I'm fine though. You know, it's over, but that's fine. And, you know, I, I need a new friend group anyway. And she just wasn't the right, like, you don't have to be tough. You can say like, man, that really hurt my feelings. Like I feel like a mess. Like I cannot get over this. I'm so sad. And a lot of us won't even let ourselves say, I am so sad because it's, sounds juvenile or we should be stronger like as women be strong and resilient but the first is to not be tough and to talk about how it hurts that's okay Mm -hmm. um the next thing i would say is to allow yourself to have a change of scenery um because otherwise it's going to highlight her absence from your Mm -hmm. life if i'm used to you being around and we go to all these spots together and now suddenly you're gone but my lifestyle hasn't changed, my day-to-day hasn't changed, my routine hasn't changed, then I notice your absence. I always say start by switching it up. Maybe start to go to some new places or join a new random club, which I know, you know, we get that advice a lot and it's like, okay, but really like engage in something totally new where it doesn't feel like, oh, but I used to do all this stuff with her. She was my person. Okay, we'll switch a couple things up. So yeah. it feels like a recharge all around, a change mm-hmm. of scenery. Um, and then the final advice I would give is to change your language about the friendship. So a lot of times when we talk about it, we kind of live in the past and we rehearse like, God, like what you would have said and what she should have mm-hmm. done. She just would understand this, then we would be fine. And it's like this replay. It's like this replay. And I once heard that if you have a song stuck in your head to get it out of your head, force yourself to play the end of the song in your head and it kind of helps to stop it. The same would be true, I would argue, of friendships. Mm -hmm. Stop replaying, force yourself to picture that image of you hugging and saying, okay, well, this was really fun. We had some really good times. Oh my gosh. And start to speak about it past tense with gratitude. We had some good times though. I'm not going to lie. We had some good times, but even forcing yourself to talk about it like that will pull you out of just the replay and not being able to get beyond it. And so it might take a little faking at first. You might not feel gratitude, but change the way when people ask you about it, like, Hey, have you heard from, you know, Jessica, have you heard from, you know, I haven't, but honestly, I got to say like, if it's over, then that's, that's what it is. I guess I, we did have some wild times. I'm not going to lie. We had some wild times, you know, but force yourself to talk about it. Like it's done mm-hmm. and it's a movie that ended and you hate that it ended, but man, that was a good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, 
Also, I was just thinking how like my dad will always ask me about every ex-friend I've ever had. I don't know if that's just a dad thing. My dad's like, oh, that's so-and-so. And I'm like, I haven't been friends with her since we were 14, <laughs> dad. Like, why would you bring her up right now? But as you were like saying that, I was like, my father? <laughs> and maybe that'll help too. I don't know, dad, but we had some good times. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to start saying. That's perfect. Um. Do you have time for one more question? It's sure, control. yeah. Okay, so we do this on every episode. We always usually start with what we're reading, watching, listening to, and learning these days. So we like to ask our guests to end out the episode, what are you reading, watching, listening to, and learning right now? Mm, okay, reading, I'm reading. I just finished um, Where the Crawdads Sing. And so, so good. So freaking one of the best and i don't like to speak in hyperboles yeah. one of the best books i've ever read wow it's so we, i agree we it's both read it this summer so i gave i had to open last christmas i had it open and i was reading it and my grandpa like picked it up and he was like are you done with this and i was like no and he was like i need this when you're done and he like read the whole thing in like two days i'm just like this is actually the it's best so book. good yeah <laughs> so good it's so beautiful and clever and you know it's being turned into a movie wait i actually did not know that but that's amazing so i'll be so that's what i'll be watching soon yeah. oh yeah um so that's really so i just finished that it was amazing um uh reading a uh, watching um <laughs> oh god i i I work a lot, and so when I watch something, I need to turn my brain off. So I'm not, right I'm not above, it. I'm not above Real Housewives series. We love, yes. I'm not above it. You know, like sometimes you just have to get down in the muck and just turn your brain off. Right. Um, so that's what I'm watching um, oh and God. listening to. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I wish I listened to more music. Like whenever mm -hmm. I do, it revives me. But I, I'm working on always being on and turning that off. So yeah. I do listen to um, a lot of podcasts. I like listening to like the, the daily so I can hear, you know, what's going on, yeah, what's the latest. Um, but uh Music wise, oh, music wise, actually, a girl named Tess Henley. Okay. T -E -S, S S Henley. So I just started listening to her maybe like two months ago, and already she was like my top played artist <laughs> for like the So that's how much I've been like putting on replay. Yeah. Her stuff is so like funky, like groovy mm. and funky, and it's so good. Um, and then what was the last quote? What I'm learning. Yeah, and it can be deep or it can be like, I'm learning how to like cook yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <It's me. laughs> that's good um I am learning how to um show up more in my own skin and I maybe because I'm in PR I'm very about like image and be polished mm -hmm. and put together but I think COVID wore me down <laughs> yeah, I feel that I'm so tired I'm so tired of doing all the things so now I you know I don't wear my extensions as often and I just show up with my headscarf and that's what it is or yeah. wearing a little less makeup and just like do my brows and my face and call it a day and I didn't do the mascara and all the you know stuff and so um I think I'm learning how to just show up more as myself and I think mm -hmm. And, and understanding that that doesn't detract from your professionalism mm -hmm. or your polish or your mm -hmm. intelligence yeah. or your relatability, you are being you. And if the world has to catch up, they have to catch up. Um, but COVID made me really tired. And so um, I, I, I'm learning how to kind of lean into that. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's great.
Well, you are a stunning human being. Yes. <laughs> and this conversation was just so life-giving for me. I felt I feel stuck in a lot of relationships mm-hmm. right now. And so everything that you had to say um, in this conversation was just very life-giving. So thank you for everything that you're doing and all the research you have done and just being willing to share with us. Um, it's going to, I know it's going to help a lot of people yeah, for sure. Definitely. So. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, the theme would just be, you know, of all the things we shared is just um, conflict is normal. And I, I, even with your friends, um, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. I, okay, I know I keep nerding out with research, but no, I love it. No, uh, we. There's one study that um, asked these group of women whether or not you believe friendship should be like a natural thing, or do you feel like it's something that you should have to work at? And so they followed these women over a span of five years and all the women who said, um, I feel like you shouldn't have to work at it. Like it should be natural. If you're with a friend, they reported feeling more lonely Mm -hmm. than the women who said, no, you should have to work at it. And so I like saying, you know, sharing that tidbit because if anybody's walking around who's listening and believing the lie that friendships should be easy and they should be natural, Mm -hmm. not true. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just throwing that out there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it shouldn't be full of conflict every single day, but sometimes it's going to get hard. You know, we see Jesus with disciples and sometimes they're having hard conversations and going back and forth. And those are his people. Okay. So sometimes you're going to have awkward moments with your friends, but push through because ironically that could actually end up being what brings you closer than ever, but you're Mm -hmm. running from it because it doesn't feel good. And so, you you know, female friendship is, is really special. And sometimes like when I really think about it, I tear up, you know, because there's such a superficial, you know, talk about it, but it's just so beautiful. And there's nothing like a woman's friendship her encouragement her understanding a woman and it's just so special and so we need each other and so I'm glad that you know you two you know as friends are hosting this show I think it's so important and I appreciate you for bringing me on to talk about this subject because I think if we get more ladies talking about it um, we really can be you know such a force and really experience the richness and the blessing and the fullness Mm -hmm. of female friendship so I appreciate you for leading this conversation today Thank you so much. Um, do you want to say our outro really quickly? It's literally just biases. That's all you have to say. <laughs> okay. Just that's just that. Literally, that's it. Biases, because we usually start with hey sis, hence the hence the name. Got it. Okay. Bye, sis. <laughs> Love, Love it. it. <laughs>